This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. To accept this call, press 5. To block this call and all future calls, you may begin speaking now. Have you ever heard of the term she kissed a lot of frogs to get to her prince? I'm sure you have. Well, that was me. At 43 years old, I've had my fair share of failed relationships, situationships, meaningless connections. So about two years ago, I decided I was just going to embrace the single life and continue building my brand and creating a legacy. I never saw myself being married and definitely, definitely not to an inmate. But life is tricky, huh? Now, before we jump into this episode, are you guys ready for the cocktail of the day? Today's cocktail of the day is called Mimosa I Do Margarita. Now, this is going to be a serving of four because, I mean, you cannot drink a mimosa by yourself. And who doesn't love a good mimosa? So today we're going to need a picture and four champagne glasses or flutes. We're going to take four cups of orange juice, a half a cup of tequila of choice. My choice is Hiradora, one fourth cup of lime juice, and we're going to pour this into our picture and stir. You can add a little bit of ice to make it cold, but we definitely going to pour all of these ingredients into our picture. We're going to take our champagne glass or flutes and we're going to dip the rim of the glass into some lime juice and then into some salt. After which, we are going to pour this wonderful orange juice and tequila lime juice mix into our glass or our flute. And we're going to top it off with a cold bottle of champagne of your choice. Once we do that, we are going to take a orange and a lime slice and we're going to add it to the rim of our glass. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the mimosa I do margarita. And let me just tell you, it is delish. And I hope you guys are enjoying your cocktail of the day as we jump into this episode. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 11 of season two. Now, today's topic of the day, we're going to talk about the 12 characteristics of marriage and relationships. Now, every married couple remembers their honeymoon phase after their wedding. But unfortunately, as a prison wife, We don't have the honeymoon phase (laughs) after the wedding. But there is a bit of a honeymoon phase, I must say. There is that period where you're super, super happy after you've said your vows and after your union has been completed. So we're going to keep the honeymoon phase for us. Um, But it's probably involved with a lot of frequent sex, a lot of love and um, affection for one another and lack of arguments. And again, (laughs) due to the circumstances, there is going to be a lot of frequent phone sex and lots of love and affection for each other and lack of arguments. However, Once the honeymoon phase ends and life starts to settle in, you realize that marriage and relationships is not always going to be a fairy tale. Marriage takes a lot of hard work from both spouses. Sharing your life with someone else can be a big challenge, but also offers many, many rewards. Now, here are 12 characteristics of successful marriages communication. You guys know I am big on communication. Communication is everything and has been a great, great source for my relationship. Um, Communication has definitely helped out 
with a lot of the the downs, the the bad and the ugly um, within my relationship. So having good communication with your spouse is one of the most important things in a marriage and a relationship. If you and your spouse have had poor communication, you might have noticed that there is some trouble in paradise. Once you and your spouse start confronting each other with anger, tension, and hostility, it will cause communication to fail and a lack of listening and understanding to occur. However, not all communication is good communication. Not all disagreements are bad. In fact, one of the most damaging patterns of of communication that couples get stuck in is a pursue-withdrawal pattern. Whether one partner pushes for change or attention and the other partner withdraws or avoids discussing the issue, being able to respectfully and effectively relay your feelings to your spouse without placing blame upon them is key. Communication is key. It is the first of the 12 characteristics. Admiration and respect. We all know respect is big. You have to respect the person that you're with to even have a successful relationship and vice versa. Everyone wants to be respected and appreciated for who they are, especially by their spouse. Having support from your spouse means everything. Try to support your spouse's achievements, help build up their self-esteem, and fulfill their emotional needs. Make sure you respect their individual differences as much as you respect their similar their similarities to you. After all, differences can be sources of excitement and novelty in a relationship. Differences can be sources of excitement and novelty in a relationship. And I have to agree with that. You might be not as experimental when it comes to sex and your spouse might be. This brings an excitement to someone who's lacking in that area to try new things, do new things. So definitely respect the good parts that you guys agree on and respect the differences too. It could be exciting. Companionship. Make sure that both of you are making time for each other. When you're dealing with someone incarcerated, all they really do is have a lot of time. So this should be no problem. Spending some spending some quality time, enjoying each other's company by doing activities together that you both enjoy. If you want more ideas on fun things that you can do, Google, look it up, ask some questions. However, also take some time apart to hang out with other friends. Having space from your spouse and doing your own thing will make those special date nights together feel even more meaningful. I am big on having a life outside of my relationship. I think it is very important to step outside and do different things with your friends, create some space within each other. Although there can't be technically date nights but you can have certain nights where you do certain things you know um we used to um listen to music together we used to watch um different movies together um you know he could watch on his tablet I could watch on my tv we used to watch verses together well I would watch he would listen but it was moments that we we actually share it together. Um, and they were, they were amazing. Those were considered our date nights. Um, spirituality and values, which is very, very important. Having a shared sense of spirituality and values can be helpful in a marriage. Your faith can give you emotional, social, and spiritual support. Places of religious worship can be a source of friendship and activities for the couples to do together. Turning turning to your faith in times of hardship has offered spouses guidance in making important decisions regarding their marriage. Um, this sometimes to me, I will put in the perspective of being equally uh, yoked religiously. Um, 
although we can't do church together, you know, talking about God together, um, getting to know the Bible together. I've even heard of other couples saying that the Bible has actually made their relationship closer and stronger. Um, you have to be creative with how you implement these things because you're dealing with the incarcerated spouse, but it's all the same. It's all the same commitment. In order to make the marriage work or any relationship work, you both must be committed to each other. I'm sorry. Maritable um, substance is more attainable in the commitment if the commitment is mutual. Marriage is not easy. It has its up and downs. And in order to overcome those obstacles, a certain level of effort is required. If you have kids involved, commit to keeping the family together by putting effort with your relationship with your spouse. We don't have kids together. We don't have kids together. But the commitment is definitely real. Um, It is a lot of work. There's a lot of obstacles. As you know, I've shared a lot of obstacles. Um. But effort is definitely required. Affection. Make sure you are showing your spouse affection, whether that be mentally or physically. You should know their love languages by now. And remember, we talked about love languages and how to implement them when you're dealing with someone incarcerated. Whether it be words of affirmation or a physical touch, make sure you fulfill your spouse's needs for affection and intimacy. Don't forget to make time for sex with your spouse. Phone sex (laughs) with your spouse. Meet each other's sexual needs and try to spice things up from the usual bedroom routine. To me, this is thinking outside the box. Um, we can put ourselves in any setting, in any place, whether it's the elevator, the stairs, a beach, um, the, your favorite hotel, whatever it is. This is when creativity really, really kicks in. Um, you know, we have needs, we have needs on the outside, they have needs on the inside. And this is where you try to create that, um, that intimacy, the, and, and make it as normal, um, and as affectionate as, as possible. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. Ability to deal with crisis and stress. This is a big one. Nobody goes through life without facing some challenges. When you said, I do, you sign up to be there for your spouse, for better or for worse. What sets spouses apart is how they resolve their problems and manage stress in a constructive way. Whether you are faced with a personal issue or an issue as a couple, you should address it with your spouse in a healthy way. Work on having a great tolerance with frustration and dealing with your anger. Work on having a greater tolerance with frustration and dealing with anger. If necessary, take some space in order to process the crisis and the stress. Try not to transfer your anger onto your partner. Remember that you both are a team and need to work together to fix the problems. Transference of energy is real. It is very, very real. I am an energy person. I believe in energy. Um, That's why sometimes I think before I speak. Sometimes I have to process because it is so easy for you to take that same angry energy and project it on your spouse. And now you both are arguing and going back and forth because you put that energy out there. So it's very important um, that you try not to transfer your energy onto your partner and just remember that you guys are working as a team. Responsibility. Most men don't like this word, (laughs) but you both need to be able to take accountability for your roles and actions in the relationship as well as your actions. In order for your marriage or your relationship to be successful, make sure you are fair and how you divide responsibilities between you and your spouse. 
putting most of the responsibilities onto your spouse, especially if you're not taking on the majority of the other types of responsibility, will likely lead them to feeling overworked and unappreciated. This is very important. Um, feeling unappreciated, not feeling that you're being heard is, is something that I myself have dealt with within my relationship because I am out here doing so much on my own. Um, telling and speaking and laying my problems down is is something that I need to do. I have to do to unpack some things. And it's very important that it's not dismissed. The moment that it's dismissed, you definitely, I definitely have feel unappreciated and unheard at times. Compassion. There is no room for selfishness in a marriage or a relationship. You cannot give 25% into your marriage or your relationship and yet expect 100%. Do the math. It doesn't add up from your spouse. You can't. You both need to make it a priority to unselfishly attend to your partner's needs as well as your own. Try to focus on we more than I or you. You're a team and sometimes will need to put the need of the team first. The team comes first. Empathy and sensitivity. I'm an empath, 100%. As a spouse, you need to be able to identify with your spouse's feelings, thoughts, and attitudes. Being able to listen to your partner confide in you verbally expresses your support for them and show how much you empathize with their feelings and emotions is necessary in having a successful marriage or relationship. There is a lot of evidence suggesting that emotional intimacy grows through the process of one person sharing vulnerable, em vulnerable emotions with their partner and having their partner support them. So try to share with your partner and attend to them when they're sharing with you. Those are really important moments. You don't want to miss those moments. Honesty, trust, and fidelity. Having the ability to trust your spouse without hesitation is one of the best feelings. You know that when they say they will do something, they will follow through with it. Knowing that your spouse is dependable and faithful to you creates peace and satisfaction within your marriage and your relationship. Once trust is broken, it can be hard to build it back up. However, do not lose hope in that in the case for your marriage. Display remorse and making an effort to show your spouse that you care about them and want the marriage to work is a good first step in building back that trust. As they say, a lot of things have to be earned. And when they're broken, it's, it's harder. It's harder to earn it back. Don't lose hope. Put the work in um, and see it through. See it through. Adaptability flexibility, and tolerance. You and your spouse are likely not the same person that you were when you first met, when you started dating, and on your wedding day. As your marriage has progressed, the dynamics of it may have changed, and you must be able to adapt to these changes. Embrace who you are and your spouse, and who, who your spouse has become, and continue building from that place. Along those same lines, accept that the two of you will disagree sometimes. You're different people after all. It is important to not adopt a my way or the highway type of approach. Being able to talk it out and come to a compromise is important. Nobody wants to deal with it's my way or the highway. That is one of the most narcissistic traits to have. Now, I know this is a tall order. Relationships are complex and can feel like a lot of work sometimes because they are. But research and studies have shown that having a happy relationship is also one of the most important things we can do to have an overall happy life. 
So it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth it, guys. Take those 12 characteristics that I just gave you, work on them. You even need them when you begin to start dating and get into a serious relationship. It doesn't stop there. You have to, as they say in, in, in Narcotics Anonymous and Alcohol Anonymous, you have to work the steps. You have to work the steps. These steps will continue to get you three. These 12 characteristics will help you um, build and continue to build and continue to create and sustain a healthy relationship and marriage. And that is my topic of the day. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining me on episode 11 of season two. Having a spouse incarcerated isn't easy. You go through a lot emotionally, mentally, and it can become a financial burden as well. Fed Up Wives is my nonprofit organization that's set to help wives and families of federal incarcerated inmates. We provide counseling, emotional support, and financial assistance for inmate phone calls, postal correspondence, visitation expenses, and back-to-school assistance. To contact us, email fedupwives.org at gmail.com or call 404-543-8688. Now back to the show. So today I'm going to do something a little bit different, but not so different. I am going to jump into my Q&As and comments. Now, you know, guys, I kind of um, decided to take a break from the Q&As and the comments and just decided to kind of, you know, throw them in every so many episodes. And today, that is what I'm going to do. I have so many um, emails with questions and comments. And I always tell you guys, I'm going to throw it into the episodes. I'm going to answer these questions. I'm going to share your comments. Um, sometimes what I do is I I go through them and I make, I choose the ones that are relevant for the, for the actual, um, tone of the episode. I like for things to flow. So again, this is not scripted. This is raw and uncut. I just choose the questions per the episodes, per how I'm feeling, how the energy is flowing, how the tone of the podcast is. And today we're going to do that. We're going to jump into some questions and some comments. You guys know I love these Q&As. So the first question and comment, thank you for touching on the 13th Amendment. You are welcome. That is something that I have been working on. I am not done. I'm going to um, come back and revisit this topic. This was just a starting point. And it was something that was a topic that was really, really big for the for the for, uh, Freedom Fest as well. And so that's why that following um episode after the Freedom Fest is why I wanted to talk about the 13th Amendment. There's so much with this that I want to talk about, but thank you so much for that comment. Um, second uh, question or comment, will any of your other podcasts be live since you will have co-hosts? Absolutely. The third side will definitely be live. Now we might go live after our fifth episode or something like that. I'm not really sure. We got to get the flow together, see how everything kind of, um, meshes together um but we're definitely going to go live we're definitely going to go live and um the milk and cereal podcast will probably go live too but the vibe of it right now is probably going to be um probably going to be audio but definitely 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 the third side will go live probably somewhere within the fifth or sixth um episode next question or comment how do you deal with differences with your spouse while they are incarcerated? Great question. Um, as I said earlier within the topic of the day, communication. Communication has definitely helped my relationship. It has definitely helped us um, learn a lot about each other. It has helped us iron out some differences. It's also helped us learn um, how, how to really navigate through the difficulties. Um, communication has definitely saved a lot of our, um, our down moments. You know, communication is key. You hear it all the time. And it's a reason because talking things out without assuming, without jumping to conclusions 
is so important within any kind of relationship. Um, it keeps things very, very healthy and it has definitely helped me. So I am going to definitely say the communication is definitely how I deal with the differences within my relationship. Um, with my with my spouse who's incarcerated definitely communication next question or comment will you bring back reading love letters from prison relationships yes 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 um i was just talking to my business partner about this about a week ago um I've been asked this question. This was a really, really great segment for the podcast. People really loved it. I got a lot of letters, a lot of poems, um, and I loved it. I loved it. And I'm really thinking that I am going to um, push the third season more into other people's relationships Um for this podcast you know I started off with the first season and the second season with my own personal relationship the ups and downs the goods and the bad and now I kind of want to be that ear um I want to give you guys out there a chance to talk about your amazing relationships and and the things that you guys share your ups and your downs and your advice so I think the tone for season three is definitely going to be more about other people's relationship and reading these love letters and reading these poems and interviewing couples um who who are in who have relationships that they are with incarcerated i'm sorry i got tongue-tied i got excited but yes definitely definitely i am going to bring that back definitely for season three Next question to comment i attended freedom fest i really enjoy seeing the families and their support Thank you so much for coming out and supporting. Freedom Fest, again, to me, was an amazing experience. Um, I definitely enjoyed seeing the families and their support. I enjoyed going around talking to different families and hearing the stories of their loved ones. I think that this is something amazing. Um, I am super proud of my friend Amita Bishop Affair for putting this event together. I think that this is something that should continue on. I think these stories should be heard. I think the world should actually see um, how families support their incarcerated loved ones. You know, the one thing that I do know that I have always been told is that you have to keep calling. You have to make sure that people know that you got people on the outside that care about you, that love you, that support you. And this is another way on a bigger scale. So thank you so much for coming out and attending. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that support. Um, Next question or comment. I miss your interviews with inmates and spouses will you bring that back <laughs> so we got two of the same questions um yes 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 I will bring it back I will definitely bring it back um I loved it I love when I did interviews with um with spouses I even love when I did interviews with family members of just telling their loved one story as I said in the previous um response that is what season three is going to gear to this this is going to be more for, for you guys, for the people, for you guys. This is your platform for you to tell your story, um, your love story, your 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 um, loved one story, um, the people who you advocate for. That's definitely what I want to push for season three. I enjoyed it. Um, I got so many great responses uh, for those type of episodes. So definitely, yes, I will be bringing that back. Um, next comment or question. Have you had your first visitation yet? Oh my God. No, I fucked up. See what had happened was <laughs> I filled out my form and I mailed it to him. I didn't mail it to his counselor. I don't know what I was thinking. Like I said, I have so many things going on in my brain. And when he asked me about it, I was like, yeah, I sent it in. And he's like, did you send it to the counselor? And I'm like, no, I sent it to you. <laughs> so I had to resend it and I will be going for my first visitation in September. I'm going on vacation in August. So September will be when I go. But hey, I fucked up. I fucked up. Oh my God. But September, my first visitation, 
Next question or comment. I can't wait for the third side podcast. I feel like it's going to be funny and interesting to hear the side of the story we've never heard before. Listen, you have no idea what, what's in store for the third side podcast. Um, when me and Brandon get together, it is hilarious. We are like two comedians. We laugh and joke about everything. And and our relationship is so organic that this is what we do on a regular basis. We call each other about, you heard this, or how you feel about this, and what would you have done if it was you? This is what we talk about already. This is what we talk about already. So the the chemistry is already organic between me and him he's like a brother to me um me and his wife have the best uh uh, relationship i love his kids like it's super fun when we get together it's it's an event (laughs) it's definitely an event this podcast is going to be super fun um hearing it from our perspectives, our side, the things that we would have done, how we would have handled it, what we think actually happened. And then also hearing from, you know, the sides that you don't hear, the truth that you don't hear. Um, It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And nine times out of 10, we'll probably be tips, tipsy and probably leaning more towards drunk. So <laughs> you have to drink responsibly with us on this, on this ride. because <laughs> This is definitely going to be a wonderful, wonderful experience um, that we will be bringing to you guys. So thank you for that comment. And I'm just as excited as you are. Next comment or question. As a listener, I am proud of your show and how far it's come. (coughs) Excuse me, I got choked up. Thank you. I try to move in truth. That's what this podcast is about, my journey, my story. And when I go back and listen to some of my old episodes, I can hear the growth. I can hear the growth of myself. I can hear, um, <clears throat> excuse me, me becoming more comfortable as each episode um, progresses. When I started out, I was using my phone. And instead of me going from that step to the next step, you know, like my first Barbie, my first kitchen, my first car. I went to the top of the line equipment because I felt like I wanted to bring you the best of me. I didn't want to skip the steps. I want to go straight to perfection. I'm a perfectionist. I want to go straight to perfection. Am I perfect? No, I'm not. But I am proud of myself as well. I thank you for even giving me that compliment um, because this has been a journey. It has, ha- it has been a journey and I am so dedicated to giving you the truth, to give you my truth, to give you this journey, the ups and downs, the goods, the bads, the ugly, everything. And thank you so much for listening and please continue to listen. Next comment or question, and this is the last. I respect your truth about the good and the bad. Thank you. As I said before, I try to move in truth. I try to um, give the real, the raw, the uncut. I've never been a person that sugarcoated anything. I'm the person that will tell you the truth um, because I feel like I do you no justice in telling you something that you want to hear. I like to be around people who operate and feel the same way. So therefore, um, being honest about the good and the bad it's just life. You know, this is a journey that I'm on. You guys are on this journey with me and being on this journey, I am here to service you. I am here to tell a story, but I am also here to help you. I am also here to help you navigate through something that can be difficult, something that can be embarrassing, something that you don't know how to share and something that is not all that bad. You know, I've always said I wanted to tear down the negative um, of prison relationships and show the good. You know, it's not 100% good all the time. There's a lot of up and downs that you go through, but I wanted to share that because if I help one person, if I change one person's um, views on something from a negative to a positive or just for for supporting someone who's in this situation, I have done my 
job. And that means more to me than anything. So thank you so much for that comment. I really do appreciate it. Um, please continue to keep listening and, and, and coming back and listening to my truth, the good and the bad. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is episode 11 of season two. Ladies, self-care is so important now more than ever. That's why when it comes to my skincare, I use Clean Rituals Complete Serum. The benefits are impressive. Clean Rituals keeps your skin smooth, reduces signs of aging, gives you that radiant look, most of all maintains healthy looking skin. And I love this serum and you will too. Aging is definitely a fact of life. Looking your age is not. Visit cleanrituals.com and start your healthy skincare now. That's cleanrituals.com. K-L-E-A-N-R-I-T-U-A-L-S.com. Now back to the show. So now let me jump into the meme of the day. Now, yesterday I posted this meme because it was so, so relevant to what I have been feeling and experiencing the past couple of weeks. Learn to be done, not mad, not bothered, just done. Protect your peace at all costs. I am learning. I am learning. I am learning to think first before speaking. I am learning to process Um process my feelings. And once I process them, I'm learning to dead them. I'm learning to just dead them. Meditation is very important to me. It's medicine uh, to me. And when I meditate on my issues, my feelings, my problems, whatever's on my heart, whatever's on my mind, once I'm done, I process it and I let it go. I just leave it alone. I let God and the universe do with it as as it needs to be done. Um, protecting my peace is so important. A lot of times I have to shut down. I have to be quiet. I have to sit in it. Um, because being angry, being stressed out, being depressed and things of that nature, they're not healthy. They're not mentally healthy. They're not emotionally healthy. And you tend to make a lot of bad decisions, a lot of bad moves. And again, sometimes you say a lot of things that you will eventually regret. So when I saw that, um, I just I, I identified with it because it's something that I'm trying to practice even right now. Um, I have been so much to so many people. I have, you know, I'm, I'm always doing something. I'm always moving around and I have stretched myself so thin to the point where now I'm trying to just get me back. I'm trying to get back into that amazing aura that um, I have been used to, to, to being in for so long. And so when I saw this, I said, this is the one. This is the one. Learn to be done, not mad, not bothered, just done. Protect your peace at all costs. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the meme of the day. Now, in life, there are three sides to every story. The truth, the lie, and the third side. And then it's our version of the third side. Join myself and my co-host, Brandon, as we bring you a new podcast, a truth podcast, where we break down some of the craziest stories, fake news, true life, and more from the sides of the people involved in our slightly tipsy, possibly drunken perspectives of their side, the third side, dropping July 25th. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This will not be your average podcast. The Third Side Podcast dropping July 25th. Drink responsibly. You can't handle the truth. Babe. What's up, baby? I love you. Me too. So, today on the Extra Report. 
<laughs> I kept trying to figure out, let me come up with something different instead of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> let me come up with something. Oh, the extra report. Extra, extra. Read all about it. You know, I just, I wordplay. I love the wordplay. So today on the extra report, the phones and the computers were down for two days and that was not good for me. <laughs> um, I have been trying so hard and I've gotten so good at not worrying. And now, um, what happened? What had happened was <laughs> we were having a conversation and it, 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 the tone of the conversation kind of went to the left. And when the computers and the phone went down, it kind of left me on quote unquote red, as they say. I did not hear back from him. I start thinking the worst. Um, I start thinking, you know, what is he thinking? Oh, he's not saying anything. You know, I allowed my emotions to get in the way um, because we have a, we have some unresolved issues that we needed to talk about and sometimes accidents happen for a reason sometimes god creates these situations so that things that need to be said and talked about are right there there's no running away from it there's no shying away from it it's it's just right there and that's pretty much what happened but outside of that he is in good spirits he is staying positive. Um, he is still working. He still has his minutes. So minutes are up, which is great. Um, and definitely, definitely, definitely thank you guys for continuing to keep him uplifted, continuing to keep him in your prayers. You know, it's very appreciated from him and from myself. Definitely keeping me in your prayers um, because your girl, she needs your prayers, okay? But um, yes, he's great. He's amazing. He is doing his time. He is doing, he's actually doing very, very good, positive and um, productive things with his time. And I'm super proud of him for that. You know, I totally support that 100%. But yes, I, and, and you know what's so crazy? What's so crazy is the first thing he said to me is, damn, you normally freak out worrying about me when you haven't heard from me. But this time around, I was not expecting to read the things that you had to say to me. And I am not going to sit here and front and act like, at first I was like, damn, <laughs> like, oh, did I take it too far? But the conversation needed to be had. Um, a lot of things came up within those two days um, that I felt like I needed to address with him. And, you know, like I said, accidents sometimes happen for a reason. Sometimes God turns some things upside down so things can be right side up. And that is all that I have on the extra report. He is amazing as usual, handsome still as ever and totally totally thanks you guys seriously for all the love and support and all the prayers and this is episode 11 of season 2 wetlock chronicles podcast coming this fall milk and cereal a true crime podcast where we talk about america's most infamous serial killers hosted by myself and my best friend farah join us every saturday morning for breakfast and murder when we talk about the golden age of serial killers it all started in the early to mid 70s with this group of five like gacy and 33 bodies under his house bundy traveling across the country raider terrorizing over decades and taunting law enforcement in the media jeffrey dahmer even today, we find his crimes to be on the extreme end of human behavior. Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, confessed to 71 murders over the course of several decades. Five of the most prolific serial killers in American history were all operating at the same time. It was easy 
for us in hindsight to say, well, why didn't that person get caught or why, why weren't people looking for them? I think we have to keep in mind historically the era. In the 70s in the United States was an innocent sort of place. You find this sort of trusting environment. It was normal for people to just hang out with strangers and hop in a strange cars. The murder of people in series has police departments across this country worried. Law enforcement didn't have a definition for serial killers. Those police officers back in the 70s just simply did not have the tools that law enforcement officers have now. Being able to quickly run a name in a database, that's something that didn't exist. There were no computers. No internet. No cell phones. No DNA. There were no surveillance cameras. Record keeping was in the back of everybody's drawer. We didn't yet have the 911 system. And these killers took full advantage of that. John Wayne Wetlock Chronicles, Milk and Cereal, and the Third Side Podcast are all a part of 1329 Media and Production Company, RT Brand LLC, and Extra Entertainment. For more information on our media services, contact us at 1329mediaproductions at gmail.com. So today on a serious note, we're going to talk about promises to reform criminal justice, but bills are lingering in Congress. When Don Brooks recalls her time in prison, she uses a simple word, unfathomable. She remembers the lack of toilet paper and feminine and hygiene products. She remembers the lack of alcohol-based hand sanitizer in the midst of the COVID pandemic. She remembers having to miss meals because of her severe peanut allergy. The prison didn't offer alternative meals or access to an EpiPen when the peanut-based products were served to her doormates. Quote, when I got home, I was malnourished. Brooks, who served her sentence in Danbury Federal Correctional Institute in Connecticut, quote, we need a total overhaul in how we view prisons, period, and how people are housed. Brooks was released June 4, 2020, 18 months into her 48-month sentence for a wire fraud conviction. She was among the 41,000 incarcerated people who have been transferred to home confinement under the CARES Act of 2020, allowing most to complete their sentences outside of prison cells. The act, part of a $2 trillion COVID stimulus bill signed by then-President Donald Trump, sought to address the plague of COVID in prisons by giving the Justice Department authority to select certain federally incarcerated people for home confinement during the pandemic. But a year after the CARES Act passed, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin of Illinois and other lawmakers called out the director of the Federal Bureau of Prisons for not releasing more nonviolent first-time offenders on home confinement or compassionate release amid staffing shortages and declining conditions in prison. Other measures that allow federally incarcerated people to go home early, such as executive clemency and the federal step step act also have not been used as often as lawmakers and advocates would like especially during a emergency health crisis president joe biden campaigned on reforming and strengthening the criminal justice system but critics say his administration has allowed many of those issues to fall by the wayside these this week biden took a significant step by commuting the sentence of 75 individuals with drug-related convictions and granting pardons to three. The move broke with a long streak of presidents who have not used their executive clemency powers during their first two years in office. The last was George H.W. Bush in 1989, who granted nine pardons and one clemency petition. 
But many of Biden's other major commitments, such as ending the federal death penalty and incarceration for drug use alone, haven't been fulfilled. And in Congress, other proposed prison reform bills have stalled. A Criminal Justice Reform Act in 2018, when Trump signed the First Step Act, which allows incarcerated individuals to submit their own petitions for compassionate release. Previously, compassionate compassionate release applications could only be submitted by the director of the Bureau of Prisons and granted by a judge under certain conditions, such as declining health that cannot be maintained while incarcerated or the death of a spouse who was the sole caregiver of their children. Between 2013 and 2017, only 6% of 5,400 applicants were granted release, according to the federal database analyzed by the Marshall Project and the New York Times. After the First Step Act was signed, those numbers significantly increased. From January 1st, 2020 until June 30th, 2021, Federal courts received more than 20,491 compassionate release requests and 3,602 were granted, about 17%. Of those granted motions, 3,471 were filed by an offender and 32 by the BOP. Now, there is a list of many many bills that are sitting and I'm going to give you a few Senator Cory Booker and Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman both Democrats from New Jersey introduced the Next Step Act in 2019 the bill amids to make serious and substantial reforms to sentencing guidelines, prison conditions, law enforcement training and re-entry efforts This was referred to the Senate Judiciary Committee in March 2019 and has not budged. In March 2021, Texas Representative Sheila Jackson introduced the Federal Prison Prison Bureau Nonviolent Offender Relief Act. The act, which has no co-sponsors, call for the release of nonviolent offenders who are over the age of 45 and have served at least half of their sentence. It has been reviewed by three House committees. California Rep. Maxine Waters introduced the Justice for Exoneree Act to the House in June 2021 that would increase the cost per year to compensate an exoneree from $50,000 to $70,000. The bill has support of 21 Democrats, but there has been no action on it since June 2021. The Justice for Incarcerated Moms Act, part of a Black part of the Black Mental Health Act introduced in February 2021 uh, by Durbin Booker and a Democrat Senator Maisie K. Hirono of Hawaii aims to improve medical care for pregnant incarcerated women via grant and model programs. It also would commission a study on the marital health, I'm sorry, the maternal health crisis within our prison system and in the practice of shackling pregnant people. The act was introduced to the House and was read, read by 17 committee committees, but has not been on the calendar for a vote. Now you have some state lawmakers have also introduced to legislation that would be um, that they need to implement change to the state and local correctional facilities, as well as attempt to improve conditions for incarceration. There are several bills for that too. This is why people, it is so important to vote. It's very, very imperative that we vote. But that, guys, is my topic on a serious note. I will jump into my thoughts later within the episode. Thank you again for tuning in. This is episode 11 of season two, Wetlock Chronicles podcast. Now it is time for my thoughts. 
politics is tricky. It's a topic much like religion. I try to stay away from it in group discussions. It turns into a debate, sometimes very aggressive debates. Um, But it's, it's, it's tricky. A lot of people think that the president has to say so in a lot of these things, but it is really up to Congress. That is why it is very important that we vote. Not on who is popular or who your friends or your family vote for or who they even suggest for you to vote for. Do your own research. Vote on who appeals to your views, your 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 beliefs, your your values. There is so much work that needs to be done to push this country in a more positive and productive way. Um, even myself, even myself, the last two years ago when I'm not the last time I voted but two years ago when I went to vote I said to myself that I was going to do better at um learning these candidates I'm not gonna lie at first I was doing process of elimination and I'm quite sure a lot of people did I went with who's black who's a democrat um and as we see just because they're a Democrat doesn't mean that they're right. And just because they're a certain color or ethnicity doesn't mean that they're right. They sometimes don't even share, excuse me, share some of our same views. So we do have to do our due diligence in learning these candidates, who they are, what they stand for, what are they talking about doing when they get into office and who's really standing on what they are saying when they get into office. Um, campaigns to me are are, are a whole it's just bluff you know you're gonna say and do everything that you need to do to get those votes and a lot of times when these people get into office they do totally the opposite um sometimes they get a, a, a lot of power and with power comes money comes a lot of different things and and they change they totally change so we have to definitely do our due diligence and find out who we are voting for as you see Marriage is something that shouldn't be taken lightly. It is a promise between two people and God or whoever you turn to for, um, you know, religious beliefs. They say that you must be equally yoked to have a successful marriage. And I, I will agree. However, I also believe in working on meeting each other halfway to create the equal. Marriage has different meanings to different people. So I strongly, strongly advise that before you take those vows, before you commit to this actual relationship, that you understand the meaning as well as wholeheartedly understand your spouse. Know who your spouse is. Talk about the things that you believe the things that you don't believe talk about what you value what you don't value it is so important that before you cross that line that you really get to know the person that you are with and and try to meet each other halfway you know marriage relationships friendships everything is about compromise everything is about meeting each other halfway nobody is going to be the same nobody's going to um think the same people come from all walks of life upbringings are different um you know trauma things that you witness life changes you life changes you so i just advise that you take the time to get to understand know your spouse know who you're with respect each other's differences um and try to find a common ground those 12 characteristics is a great place to start even if you have to create a game um ask the hard questions listen sometimes the answers are going to be hard sometimes the answers are going to be hurtful don't be afraid to be hurt don't be afraid to be uncomfortable but these are the layers that you have to strip down to reach that happiness to reach that happiness you have to be uh, courageous and attacking um, what you believe in and 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 finding common ground and I promise you those 12 characteristics is definitely where you start you start there and you continue with that the work doesn't stop just because you say I do you actually have to work harder you actually have to work harder 
And those are my thoughts. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you so much for passing the word on. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. I love you guys so much for all the love and support. I say, I know I say it all the time, but guess what? I don't have to, but I choose to. Again, thank you so much, guys, for the continued support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is episode 11 of season two. Quick update, guys. Patreon. To become a Patreon, look for Wetlock Chronicles podcast. I have a four-tier membership, $5, $10, $20, and $40. Each membership comes with something different. The $40 membership comes with everything. Um, If you are a member of Patreon, if you are not a member of Patreon, exclusive content, pictures, videos, articles, links, everything I talk about is in Patreon. Um, You can find petitions. Um, The $40 membership comes with everything that all the other memberships have except for you get Free merch. Every three months, you get free merch. The Wetlock Chronicles merch, the Fed Up Wives merch, Bride to Be merch, all the merchandise you get every three months for free when you sign up for the fourth tier, which is the $40 um, membership. Wetlock Chronicles podcast is now available on Amazon Music. So if Amazon Music is the platform that you use to hear your podcast, you can now listen to Wetlock Chronicles on Amazon Music. The third side podcast is dropping July 25th. I will keep you guys posted every step of the way. You do not want to miss this podcast. This is going to be a crazy, fun, exciting um, podcast where you get to hear our views, our opinions, the side that you never heard before, the what will we do if um, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. The chemistry between myself and my co-host is amazing. We are very, very good friends. He's like a little brother to me. And when we get together, it's just strictly, strictly fun. And you guys are going to love it. Milk and Cereal Podcast is a true crime podcast. And we will be talking about America's most infamous serial killers. True crime is one of the top subjects, the top categories in podcasting. Who does not love a good true crime? I know I do. I am addicted to true crime. So please tune in August the 24th. Milk and Cereal Podcast will be dropping. We will be ha- we will be serving murder with breakfast. Also, if you want to get details on how to promote your brand or your business, please email me at 1329mediaproductions at gmail.com to go over pricing, um, details um, for ad space and different things like that. If you are looking to promote your business and promote your brand, I'm here. I'm here. Email me 1329mediaproductions at gmail.com. If you want to donate to this amazing podcast and support your girl, listen, I got websites to pay for, merch to pay for, apps to pay for. If you want to donate, if you want to donate, if you want to donate, or you want to buy your girl some coffee so I can keep this good energy coming. As I told you before, every Tuesday for the month of July, um, Starbucks has a special where it's 50% off of all cold drinks. Hey, are you want to buy your girl some lunch? You can cash at Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. Your love and support will always be appreciated. It is appreciated. The cocktails of the day. The recipe for the cocktail of the day will be on Patreon and nowhere else. So you have to be a member of Patreon to get that recipe and be on the lookout for the cocktails book. After 50 to 100 delicious recipes that I bring to you guys, book one will be coming out. So please be on the lookout on that. Everything that I talk about will be on Patreon. I will continue to promote it, talk about it. Um, Every episode, I will do the same on the updates. Guys, thank you so 
much for tuning in. Thank you for the support. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for passing the word on. Thank you for being loyal. Thank you for just being you. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys so much. Um, this journey has been amazing. It will continue to be amazing. Um, and I thank you guys for continuing to be on this journey with me. Our journey. I share this journey with you. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. This is episode 11 of season two. We are halfway. We are almost more than half. Well, we are We are more than halfway. <laughs> Four more episodes to season three. Four more episodes to season three, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting Wetlock Chronicles podcast. Thank you guys for joining me on yet another part of my journey. To follow this podcast, you can find it on Facebook and Instagram under Wetlock Chronicles Podcast, Twitter Wetlock Podcast, and be sure to subscribe to the show's YouTube channel by clicking the link in the show's description. To get updates on season two, live episodes, discussion forums, and much more, visit wetlockchronicles.com. You can also get the link to sign the petition for Matthew Baker Jr. within the show's description. Thank you guys again for joining me. Please stay blessed, stay safe, and welcome to Wetlock. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. For episode updates, upcoming live episodes, discussion forms, and contact information, please visit the website, wetlockchronicles.com.